Hello everybody, welcome to Five Hole Fantasy Hockey. We are into episode 6. Today we are going to be talking prospects and sleepers on some teams. Some teams aren't lucky enough to have any sleepers, but sitting down with Zach. Zach hey, Holt. hey, hey. I'm your host, TJ Branson. I guess what we're going to be doing is running through uh, all the teams. Uh, Zach took the East, I took the West. We tried our best to find one, two, three, as many as we could up-and-coming prospects that might be on the teams. What's coming up soon? Exactly. Big time of year. Let's fucking draft some players. I am yeah. super fucking excited. And a sneaky am, a sneaky pick can win you. Yeah, a sneaky year. pick can, can really win you a week. It can win you the whole goddamn year. David Pasternak was a perfect example last year. He went, I don't know how knowledgeable the people you're playing with are, but he might have just went completely under the radar and then was a waiver wire steal for many people. Zach Marensky was another People instance. like Cam Atkinson last year, yeah. who blew the fucking lid off. So we're going to be trying to find the Pasternaks, the Atkinsons, the Varenskys. We're um, going to try, at least. We're going to try. So we're going to be going down the NHL in alphabetical order. And as I was saying before, Zach took the East, I took the West, so it's going to be mix and match. You got a nice streak from New Jersey to Pittsburgh, where you get to talk about six teams in a row. So That's good, because I like to talk. Get your whiskey I'm in before talker. then. I'm a talker. All right, so I have the first team, Anaheim. So I guess I'll start off with a sleeper. Jacob Silverberg and or Patrick Eves. Um, both of these two, I, I know Patrick Eves had kind of a career year last year, and in order for him to repeat, he needs he needs a miracle, it seems. Um, it doesn't bother me that he's on the top six, going to be playing solid top six minutes all year, and he's playing with good company. Um, Jacob Silverberg really showed his worth. He showed his worth all year long. All year long, but very much under the radar. He was held all year long, and his ownership was pretty high, but still... This is a guy that you can steal later on in your drafts and really get a nice payout for it. Um, Sam Steele. This is a guy I've been hearing a lot about. Anytime I hear somebody talking about Anaheim and the future of Anaheim, because I know their core is kind of getting older and they really need a youth movement to continue their success. Um, Sam Steele is a 2016 draft pick. He was drafted 30th overall. He's six foot tall, 179 pounds, so you want to see this guy put on a little bit of weight. Uh, he's a left-handed shot, 19 years old. Start calling him, like, the Man of Steel. The Man of Steel. I mean, just looking at his numbers, he is the Man of Steel. He's 131 points in 66 games. That's almost, that's more than two points a game by, I don't know, .5. But Jesus Christ, this guy, he led the CHL. 131 points. He had 50 fucking goals and 81 assists. That's more than an assist a game. That's almost a goal a game. This guy is, like, playing NHL on rookie level. This guy knows how to play his opponents. Sam Steele, there's no chance he's going to be keeping this pace in the NHL. A guy who can put up almost, or more than, because they told me there would be no math. So, like, doing math right now, I'm not a big fan of it. But 131 points, 66 times 2 is what? 132. So he's one point behind, uh, point, two points per game. And fuck, that's good. There's Canadian no chance he's not doing math that. Just don't Canadian whiskey up. and most things with my brain don't add up. I mean, those numbers look great. And like I was trying to say, there's no chance this is going to lead into his NHL season. There, Nobody scores two points a game since the Gretzky era. You got those numbers. He needs to be talked about. When he does hit the team, he might need one or two years to assimilate to the speed of the NHL. But, hey, we're asking for prospects. Sam Steele is Anaheim's best prospect, in my opinion. There's another prospect who, I mean, coming right behind Sam Steele doesn't look that awesome. It's pretty cool. Um, Jacob Larson. A 20-year-old Swedish defenseman who was drafted 27th overall in 2015. He's six foot two, 190 pounds. 
and he was skating for Frolanda. I love Ooh, Frolanda cheese, huh? Frolanda. I love saying that. Anytime anytime that comes up, I kind of giggle to myself. So uh, he was playing SHL, which is the Swedish Hockey League. He might see some time this year. Uh, he was drafted in 2015, so it's time. The next team we have, Arizona. They have a fuck ton of young talent that's coming up. Good, because they're going to need it. They are. They were. They finished second worst or third worst last year. I'm not sure if Vancouver stole the bottom of the league last year. Yeah, I think it's a it's a toss up between them and Vancouver. I have a feeling Vancouver was second worst behind Colorado. Colorado, but yeah. I'm not Colorado took, either. Took the shit cake. Arizona wasn't far behind them. Clayton Keller, Dylan Strom, Christian Dvorak, Max Domi, who in my opinion is still like a young player, and he's by no means a rookie. Still, a solid sleeper. I look at any of these guys to be a sleeper because the top six over there is pretty much up for grabs. If anybody can take the role, it's yours. The only one who is guaranteed a top-line spot is probably Derek Stepan because you get traded to a team and you're automatically the best player on the team. That shit happens. Uh, Dylan Strom is a left-handed center. He's a pretty big fucking dude. Six foot three, 187. He was drafted third overall in 2015. He's got size, intelligence, with and without the puck. His offensive instincts give him potential for elite status in Arizona. So another prospect that I'm just crazy excited about is Clayton Keller. Um, he he saw a couple games last year. He's a small dude, uh, five foot ten, 168 pounds. He was drafted seventh overall in 2016. He's got two World Junior Championship gold medals, 11 Ooh. points in seven games played in the under 20s, and seven points in eight games played in the World Junior Championships. Which Two's always better than one. Um, he played 31 games with Boston University, or Boston U. 21 goals, 24 assists, and 45 points in 31 games. So you always like to see more points than games played. I'm really, really excited about this guy, Clayton Keller. Um, I see a, a wicked youth movement out in Arizona. It's not going to, like I've said before, it's not going to be Toronto caliber, but they're going to stop being at the bottom of the goddamn. Uh, Christian Dvorak. Um, they're going to be in the bottom half. They're going to be in the bottom year. half, but they're not going to be. But the next couple of years? Could they make a move to, yeah, to jump up to jump up to that top half? What three or four years? Contention? Yeah, absolutely. Especially with all this young talent, they're only a few years removed from knocking the Chicago Blackhawks out of the playoffs. So, who knows what's going to happen with the Chicago Blackhawks? They could knock themselves out of the playoffs this yeah. year. Their defense is rough. Uh, Christian Dvorak is another one. I like um, him. He played last year um, for the Arizona Coyotes. He did a lot of time with them. Uh, he's a left-handed center, six foot, 180 pounds. He played alongside Mitch Marner and Max Domi with the London Knights. He's got great net front presence. Could possibly be playing Arizona's second line. So, like I was saying, these the top six out there in the desert is up for grabs. And in fantasy, in your 12-team leagues, you're going to be you got no choice. You're going to be looking at second line in Arizona. You got you're going to be looking at the second line, third line in most teams. So he's definitely a top two center. Next up is Boston, and we got. Like, a lot of players for Boston, it seems. Okay, so Boston, I also feel, has a whole bunch of players that are in their farm system that are going to be ready to go in a couple of years. So, I mean, you really got to watch out for Boston, which is something that I hate to see because they've been my strife for the past 32 years that I've been alive. And they're... Always killing us, and it always seems like no matter how bad they are, they can still always beat my Flyers. My favorite prospect that they have is Charlie McAvoy. He's a defenseman. He was drafted in the first round, 14th overall, six foot, 205 pounds, 
which is a nice solid frame for a defenseman. Not too big, not too small. He's a sturdy fucking guy. So last year with the Bruins, he played only six games. He had three assists in those six games. Now, that's nothing too crazy. Don't get me wrong. Those are Duncan Keith numbers. Those are Duncan Keith numbers, dude. (laughs) You're right about that. But I feel like that is a very small sample size. And if you bolster that up a little bit, who knows what the kid could produce. I'm very interested to see what he can do in 82. Even if he could just be out there, you, you give him another 60 games, at least 60, 70 games. I want to see what he can do. I think he is by far their their best defensive prospect. Now, as far as offensive prospects, I think there are a couple of guys. Anders Bjork. He played with University of Notre Bjork. Dame. Bjork. Bjork. Anders Bjork had 21 goals and 31 assists last year with uh, Notre Dame. Uh, he was a Hobie Baker finalist in the NCAA. He had two points per game. I know as far as your high offensive prospects, you're looking for at least two points a game. You have to be high on this kid. If he's scoring two points a game in the NCAA, you've got to think that when he comes up and he comes into his own, I'm looking for a point per game against this kid. He needs size, but he's smart and fast. And with your young guys, this league that we all know, we all love, it's changing. It's getting fast. It's changing. Years ago, it was a much bigger league. It was a much slower league. Real grind. It was all about it was all about passing and moving the puck. Now it's all about speed and moving the puck. It's never not going to be about moving the puck, but it's changing to a much smaller, much faster game. And some of these young guys who aren't as big but can score the goal and have great hands, they're those gonna, are the ones who are going to make it. Yeah, those are the ones that are going to make it. So now we move into the Jakes. Okay, so then we have another two offensive prospects. Jacob Forsbacher Carlson, or JFK as we've been calling him. He's probably got a couple of years until he gets into the NHL. I would say one or two years until he's going to get the call up. He doesn't shoot too much, but what I will say about the kid is he makes him count. He has a 19% shooting percentage. That's a little bit scary for fantasy. That's what I was just going to say. I don't like someone who is a prospect that has that much a high shooting percentage because I want to see you taking more shots. Yeah. Don't just make your shots count. you got to put pucks on nets. And if you don't do that, when you get to the big leagues, you're going to get a kick in the ass. He's one of their higher prospects, but just be aware that he needs to work on some things. He's going to regress, so we're going to see the real guy. Now there's another Jake that I like much better. Jake DeBruce, he's 20 years old, he's a left winger, and on top of the fact that he's a two-way winger. Now, as far as fantasy goes, maybe you don't like that as much because that, means, defensive play. because that means that he's playing the entire ice, but as a fucking hockey fan, I love it. I, I wish everybody played a two-way game. I know Boston fans are really excited about this kid, Jake DeBrusque. Okay, so moving on to another Jake. Three Jakes in a row. They're just going to have nothing but Jakes on their team. It's, it's Maybe be... we could trade them for a check and they could get Silverberg and just have an entire team full of Jakes. <laughs> the Boston Jacobs. Jakob Saboral was drafted in 2015 in the first round, 13th overall by the Bruins. He's 6'2", 185 pounds. I like that. We all know it by now that I love my BFGs. He's a pretty big fucking guy. What I will say from what I've read about the kid, he doesn't have a ton of 
holes in his game. He could maybe use a little more scoring. Last year, in the 40 games that he played, he only scored nine goals, but he was a plus 19, which means that he's out there. He's effective. Doing the things that you need to do in hockey to make things work. When you get up to the big level, there's better talent in front of you. So if you're a plus 19 in the lower level, look for a lot of those down low, up high, goals, assists. He could really come out and break out in the NHL, but I don't see him coming in until maybe your Daniel Chara's retire. So when they start when they start making the move to a younger defense, but let's all be honest. Charlie McAvoy is the catalyst for all that. Exactly. Let's be honest. The Bruins need to do that at some point in time, and they probably need to do it sooner than later. Zidane Char, he's getting old. He's going to be on his way out. These young defensemen are going to come in, and they're going to be a new line for the Bruins. As far as your sleepers go for Boston, I think there's one main sleeper, and it's a guy that I just... Uh, he was my human punching bag last year. Uh, <laughs> I, already know, I already know who you're talking about. He's Frank Vetrano. Yo, it's Frankie V. <laughs> so he had a pretty good season last year. I mean, not not a pretty good. He had an okay season last year. He played 44 games for the Bruins, had 10 goals, 8 assists. If you bump him up to 78, 80 games, something like that, could he score you 20 goals? Frankie B, if he's given 80, 81, 82 games, and he's healthy for all of them, he could have... 40, 45 points. He could yeah. get you 20 goals. I just love to make fun of him because... He looks like a meathead, doesn't he? He looks like a meathead. Duh, duh. I scored, <laughs> I scored a goal. It's a very punchable face. Yeah, I don't know. I loved making fun of him last year, but let's be honest, as much as I love making fun of the guy, he could produce. And on a team like the Bruins, where they do have offensive talent, he could hold down the third line. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, very doable. This is the way I think about third and fourth lines. If you have solid talent on third and fourth lines, you know who you're going against? Other people's third and fourth lines. The top six is quickly evolving into a top nine. And the teams that go deep into the playoffs have a top nine. Exactly. Or Eric Carlson. So it's <laughs> it's one of the two that happen. If your good third line is going against other teams, meh third lines, your team is going to come out on top. Yeah. And Frank Vetrano, Boston is going to be that third line anchor. Look for him to break out this year. Okay. So another one that we have is uh, the unsigned Drew Stafford. When he's 31, 32 years old, it doesn't seem like, oh, you're too old to fucking play hockey. He's going to play in the NHL. He's going to play in the NHL first off. He's going to he'll probably be a Boston Bruin. Okay, so you bring up a good point. The unsigned Drew Stafford. He got traded to the Bruins last year, only played 18 games for him, four goals, four assists. Had just about a good a year with the Bruins in those 18 games as he did all year with the Winnipeg Jets. Do I like Drew Stafford? I'm not super high on him. Could he break out being on a team like the Bruins as opposed to the Jets? Absolutely. The way I see the NHL, it's all about where you play and who you play it with. That makes sense, right? I think so. So a player like Drew Stafford goes to the Bruins. If he plays more games than just 18, obviously, his numbers are going to rise. 
let's also say that he is on that third line, like we just talked about with Frank Vitrano. Yeah. He's not going to be in their top six. It's just a fact. Yeah. He's not a top six player on the Bruins. Is he a top six player on another team? Possibly, depending on what team he's on, but not on the Bruins. Now, that also has him playing against lesser talent. Mm. So, if he's playing on that third line with Frankie V, I think they could both do well. He's a solid player. He's only 32, 31, 32, something like that. He's He's got a couple of more years in the NHL. Does he get re-signed by Boston? I hope so. For his sake, I hope so. He was a good fit. He was a good fit. Yeah, for his sake, I hope so. But he's going to be playing somewhere. Keep an eye on where he is playing. If you feel comfortable about it, keep him on your watch list. Yeah. I'm not drafting the guy. I'll keep an eye on him to see he's how he's doing. Worthwhile streamer. And he is a hundred percent worthwhile streamer. Depending on who they're playing, he's a hundred percent worthwhile daily guy. We have your Buffalo Sabres. Mine. Your Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> I love not, that. Dude. Not the listeners, your Buffalo Sabres. For some reason you like the fucking Buffalo Sabres. Uh, Don't really understand why. Neither do I. But you do. So as far as their prospects, I think they have one main prospect. I have a feeling we're all going to get used to this name, and that's the name of Nylander. It's another Nylander, Alexander Nylander. He's a winger, 6 foot, 179 pounds. I'd like if he put it on a little more weight, but you know what? He's a fast kid. He's all about speed and scoring. What did I talk about earlier? We're moving to a speedier game. He shoots the puck. He was drafted 8th overall in 2016 by the Sabres. And I think he has a high future. Pretty much just like anyone with the name of Nylander has a high future in the NHL. Willie. Willie's good. He's a tiny guy too and he still finds ways to score. So He's a little taller. Is he? He's a little taller. Yeah. But I like my William Nylander. Yeah, you do. Maybe it's just that that blonde hair look that I like. Ooh. Yeah, I like I like me some blondes. Found a kink. You know? Okay, as far as their prospects go, let's go another Jake. This is uh, the Jake I'm episode. Just, yeah, I'm just going to do all Jakes for all my prospects, except for the Panthers where I have a Jace coming. Uh-huh. So, I mean, that's that's close enough. Jace? Okay. We could just change his name. <laughs> They'll all be Jakes. Yeah. Okay, so Jake McCabe, he played 76 games... Now let's let's just say he's gonna have a better year year next year. Boston, I'm looking for that to happen. Or not Boston. Uh, Buffalo's defense has been seriously upgraded. Nathan Beaulieu, Marco Scandella. Uh, they also have a defensive head coach. So let's just say that with the firepower they have in front, that their defense is going to be better with the upgrades that they made. Now he only had three goals and 17 assists. Okay, yeah, that worries me. He had 79 shots. He only had a 3.8 shooting percentage. We're talking about sleepers here, right? Yeah. We're not talking about guys that blew the lid off last year. We're talking about guys who have the chance to do it this year, who are going to have an uptick in points, in time, and all of that sort of stuff. Jake McCabe is that guy. He might be He is going to be in the position. Buffalo did everything possible to upgrade their team. Their defense looks a lot better, and Jake McCabe's going to benefit because of that. They're, uh, I can't even say their goalies got better. Who do they pick up? Uh, I think, yeah, they got the Chad Johnson. They picked up Chad Johnson. 
That's what it was. So you got Robin Leonard, who, if he can stay fucking healthy for an entire season, has been solid. You got the offense to do it. Jason Pominville is a sweet addition. Marco Scandella, Victor Antipin signing over from the KHL. They're not they're not worse off this year. That's a fact. So all in all, I think Jake McCabe is their biggest sleeper. A lot of their guys on that team, you already know. We're throwing out names here. Guys that you don't know as well. Jake McCabe is that guy. He's going to have a chance. Let's see what he does. Don't draft the guy, but keep him in the back of your mind. If they're having a big stretch where, let's say, you need defense, Buffalo plays four games this week yeah. or five games you this week. You can plug him in. He is somebody that you can pick up for the week, and it could very well pay benefits. Next up, we're going to talk about Calgary. Okay. I know. You know what? I might even just sit back and have a couple of sips of my drink because I know I won't even be able to get a word in when it comes to Calgary. I really like Calgary. Because you're going to fucking just talk your goddamn... You're going to talk my ear off. Calgary is... Calgary. They were... They're really good. They're so good. They really are. I mean... They have, like, the second best defense. Top four. Yeah, their top four is solid. I'll give them that. All right. Uh, Calgary Flames, they picked up... Another awesome defenseman. They picked up Yusuf Valamaki. Oh my god, I'm fucking getting drunk. I'm starting to slur my words. Valuable. Valuable, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so the, the whiskey's hitting me a little bit hard. And it doesn't help that I have to say the, the word Yusuf Valamaki. That's not an easy name to say. Uh, he's a finished D-man. He was a first-round draft pick, obviously, this year. He went 16th overall. six foot two, 201 pounds at 18 years old. That's a BFG if I ever heard one. In the making, especially. He can easily put on another 15 pounds, no problem. He was over a point-per-game player in his second season in the WHL, and his speed and puck handling and passing are going to make him a valuable asset probably one to two years, because as I've said time and time again, Calgary has a solid fucking defense, and they don't need the likes of Yusuf Alamaki. They got rid of Engelin this year, so their third pairing isn't as bleak. When the time comes, Yusuf Alamaki is going to be coming up there, shoring out their third, and is probably just going to worm his way up because by the time Valamaki is ready to go, Giordano is probably going to be on his way out. TJ Brody will probably just stick himself as a second-pairing guy. I don't see him getting any better. Yusuf Alamaki does have a top-pairing upside. Somebody who's a little older, might make the team this year, is a six foot four behemoth that is Mark Jankowski. 22 years old. He was a 2012 21st overall draft pick. 64 games played in the AHL. He had 56 points. That's 27 goals, 29 assists. Mark Jankowski could probably just kind of worm his way into the fourth line, the third line. I don't see Jankowski having any problem slotting into the to the fourth line there just to kind of get his feet wet and get a sense of what the the NHL has to offer for him. He's been he's been in the minor since 2012, man. Like that's five years. If if he doesn't make it this year, I mean, you still got a, a wealth of 23-year-olds who are making an impact in the NHL. But, I mean, if this kid can come in and just impress them more than maybe Curtis Lazar, who I think they acquired from the Ottawa Senators, if he can beat out the likes of Alex Chason, who had some time on the first line but just kind of bounced around. I mean, the third line's pretty solid with Sam Bennett. Christopher Stieg, who is my pick as a sleeper because he still plays on that the power play with Johnny Gaudreau. I can really see Jankowski breaking into the lineup in the next one or two years, maybe. Okay, so next up we have 
the first Metropolitan team that I did, which is the Carolina Hurricanes, their main prospect I have as a center by the name of Nicholas Watt. He's 6'4", 230 pounds. Now that is a good size center. I like my centers being that big in the NHL. That's just my personal preference. He's a big guy. He's an amazing scorer, and he is easily top six potential. He scored one and a half points per game, and he was drafted 96 overall in 2015. As far as the Carolina Hurricanes go, they have some good young talent. Now they also have players like Jeff Skinner, Victor Rask, who already have a solid uh, rapport with each other. But I think Nicholas Waugh coming in make things happen. Now, as far as sleepers go, Tuivu Teravainen. That is a name that maybe a lot of people don't know about, but you should have known about him because he was around for 81 games last year. He scored 15 goals and 27 assists, 169 shots, but his shooting percentage was only at 8.9%. I think that he could definitely bolster that shooting percentage up. 15 goals, I think, is a little low for him this past year. I think next year he could top 20 easily, and if he keeps on that 30-assist pace, he's going to be a 50-point scorer. Now, I like Teravonin. I know TJ does too. He's somebody in our league personally that, that was held on to last year. In a lot of leagues, he wasn't held as highly as I thought he deserved to be. But he is a he he's a good scorer. Yeah, in your twelve and fourteen team leagues, he's going to be a hold. I mean, these third liners. That's where mm-hmm. you start dipping in into. In your deeper leagues, you're going to need a player like Toby Teravainen, and he's a he's a solid person that you can plug in in there on on off days where you don't have a lot of people. Um, as far as the rest of their sleepers, I'm going to say one of their young defensemen. Um, now, keep in mind, we've talked about Noah Hannafin around here before. He's another guy. Keep him in the back of your head. He, either of these guys could even be draftable as long as they are drafted later on in your draft. If they are your worst defenseman, then you're looking pretty good. But I'm going to go with the name of Jacob Slavin. Mm-hmm. He played 82 games last year, only had five goals. I think that could definitely change. Yeah, he got, what, three of them in, in one game? Yeah, I think that he could definitely bolster up that goals um, number. He had 29 assists, however, but also that's because if you're going to play with a player like Jeff Skinner, Victor Rask, especially if he's getting power play points, he's going to be a player that could definitely put some points on the board and win you a couple weeks. He can make an impact on your team. I'm liking Jacob Slavin. I'm liking Noah Hannafin. One of those two guys is going to be that second power play D-man. One of the two. Absolutely. But, obviously, Justin Falk, that's your number one defenseman in Carolina. 225 shots. Like, that's one of these. One of these two guys is going to be your next best defenseman. Now, it's all left to be said. We don't know how the year's going to play out. We don't know about injuries. We don't know uh, what Carolina is going to decide to do. But one of these two guys will be the answer. So I guess next up we got the Blackhawks, eh? The Chicago Blackhawks. Oh, boy. Uh, last year we would have had a lot more good things to say about these guys, but um, this year they kind of destroyed their defense. And I mean, Jalmerson was, from an analytics point of view, their best defenseman outside of Duncan Keith. 
He was your best defensive defenseman. Uh, Brent Seabrook is okay. I mean, he's good. He's serviceable. Absolutely. The sleepers on this team for me are uh, Nick Schmaltz and a prospect I want to get to, Alex Dabrinkit. Dabrinkit is just about the smallest hockey player I've ever heard of outside of Kyler Yamamoto for Edmonton. Uh, <laughs> he's five foot seven, 165 pounds. Uh, he was drafted 39th overall, so he's a second-round draft pick in 2016. <coughs> he's a small, as we've said before, uh, but he's a sniper. He does not back down or shy away, and he's hard to play against. So you got a guy of this caliber, um, of this size, who isn't afraid of people that are just way bigger than him. So he's got the tenacity of somebody that plays in the NHL. He's probably going to crack the lineup. They don't have much going on in the offense department. They picked up Sharp. They picked up Saad. These are two guys who are going to be in the top six. Uh, you probably have Saad playing with Taze, and then you probably have Sharp playing on the Anisimov and Kane line. So Sharp is a bit of a sleeper if you want to um, double up on those Patrick Kane points. If you're lucky enough to have Patrick Kane, you might be able to pick up Sharp and get some of those points. But other than that, Alex Dabrinkit in your 14 and 16 team leagues is going to be somebody you want to look at as a sneaky pick if it happens that he falls to free agency after your draft. Get him on your watch list. Keep a close eye on this kid because he's supposed to be an offensive phenom. He He's 19 years old. He's going to be going into the NHL and learning as he goes. So this is a guy that could, he could be a Sebastian Ajo. Could be somebody that just kind of wows you all year long. Somebody else we saw a little bit last year, John Hayden. He played 12 games with Chicago. He collected four points and one goal, three assists, and four penalty minutes. Um, he's 22 years old. He's a center and a right wing, so he's got that double eligibility for anybody that's playing um, positional fantasy leagues. He's six foot three, 223 pounds. So this is, a, this is a big dude. He was drafted in the third round, I guess, 74th overall. So, Jesus, there's so much math. And he could he could be slotting in with some of um, some of the big names over there in Chicago. Uh, he's not going to be somebody that's going to be creating all of these opportunities and stuff, but he's going to collect on everybody else who can finish. So look at him in free agency. Just John Hayden could be somebody who could help you out a couple days. He's a streamer at best. I don't see him being a hold in anything under a 16-team league. I mean, even 20 teams. This guy, he's it's a stretch, but with Hosa being gone, Panarin being gone. Someone's going to step in. So it's one of these guys who might not crack the top six, but... We all know Chicago's an offensive powerhouse, and somebody's got to do it. So we're going from Chicago to Colorado now. That's a hell of a spread. And it's two ends of the spectrum. Uh, the sleepers here, I believe, are Miko Rantanen and Sven Andrighetto. Um, Sven Andrighetto had a hell of a year as soon as he got traded from Montreal to Colorado. Big fish, small pond kind of thing. The prospects they have coming up, uh, their pipeline looks a lot better than their team. Kale McCarr, the one they drafted um, this year, he was a right-handed shot D-man. He's 18 years old, 5'11", 187. He's got a high hockey IQ. He's quick, he's a puck possessor, uh, he's a top D-man potential. So there's a small chance he's going to be a fixture in Colorado because he's committed to University of Massachusetts uh, in Amherst. So he might see a few games this year the same way us being Flyers fans, we saw Sam Moran, Robert Haig, um, those guys just kind of get a tryout at the end of the year, get their feet wet, get them 
ready for the next year. I see the same thing happening with Kale McCarr. When the college hockey year is over, he'll try out the big squad and just... See what happens. See what happens. Just get his feet wet, exactly. Um, Tyson Yost, uh, he's a center left wing, double eligibility. He's 19 years old, left-handed shot. Um, he's a crafty, fast puck mover. His mind moves as fast as the game, and he's got top six potential. And as far as I'm concerned, anybody has top six potential in Colorado. It's outside of... I have top six potential in Colorado? You might. I mean... Top line to me Sweet, is, dude. is Nathan McKinnon and... I'm excited now. Shit. Like, they got three good players and a bunch of schmucks, so... What do you I love about? Gabriel Landeskog, so, I mean, if I could play on a line with him, that would be awesome. Landeskog, McKinnon, Duchesne are the only semi-relevant players for fantasy. Um, Tyson Yost could be a good streamer if... And it's, it's hard to say this, like, if Colorado was playing Colorado, I would pick up Tyson Yost, but... I don't know. Next year, if Colorado's playing like Vancouver or the Vegas Golden Knights or something like that, Tyson Yost could be a good streamer. Um, the same goes for JT Comfer. Smaller dude, 5'10", 184. He's a center. He's a right-handed shot. He doesn't have huge upside, but he's consistent. So it's the type of guy that is not going to blow you away for short stretches of time, but he'll pluck one in every three games or so. So... He's a two-way forward with an intense compete level. He was part of the Ryan O'Reilly trade to Buffalo, so it's just it's kind of what Colorado needs is just a consistent player. All right, so next up we have the Columbus Blue Jackets. I kind of like the Columbus Blue Jackets. As you should. Um, I like a lot of their players. They have, they have really good offensive talent. Um, I want to see them make a little move uh, more towards that top four on defense that we're talking about. But as far as offensive talent, they're there. Their best prospect, in my eyes, is a right winger by the name of Oliver Bjorkstrand. Uh, he's a guy who you and I both picked up last year. Bad uh, Different times. He made it, he made it work. Right? We and cashed every in. Time, every time I picked him up, um, I got points out of the kid. Um, I was very impressed with him. He was drafted 89th overall. He only played 26 games last year for the Blue Jackets. But in those 26 games, he had six goals, seven assists. Uh, I, I can dig it. That's a 40-point floor right there. You say that's a 40-point floor at the same pace. Next year, I'm looking for 50 points from this kid. Especially since um, <clears throat> the chances are the projected lineups that I've seen have him on the second line right wing. You're playing with either Cam Atkinson or Wenberg. I mean, Artemi Panarin's pretty much solidified himself. As a first line winger, I think Atkinson's going to be down in that second line. So even he, though he had a, a great year last year, I think they're going to look more for that top six, top nine, and try to spread out their talent. So Bjorkstrand is going to be a second line guy, and could be a really sneaky pick. If 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 he falls past like round fifteen, I wouldn't give you any problems if you drafted him. I'm looking for fifty points from this kid. I think he could score twenty goals, thirty assists. I don't think that that is out of the realm of possibility by any means. So yeah. look for him to be something next year. He's going to be a, a wow factor. As far as their sleepers go, um, I hate bringing this guy's name up last or, uh, because of last year. I mean, I had him on my watch list. I was waiting for this guy, wait, waiting for this guy, waiting for this guy, looking for him to, to really kind of break out. Boone Jenner. And, yeah, someone snagged him. Uh... And I don't even know if they made the right move. 
Um, he played all 82 games last year. He had 18 goals, 16 assists, which aren't bad numbers. 34 points. Uh... Uh, but, I mean, you, you want to see more from the guy. He was projected to break out last year. Now, I'm going to project him to break out this year. If it doesn't happen, I don't know what to tell you folks, but Boone Jenner has the ability. That's the thing. He has the ability. He has the line mates. Last year, he had that... He jumbled all his points into like one or two weeks. Yeah. At least, like just in stretches, he would he would break out and then he'd be quiet. And then he'd break out and he'd be quiet again. I mean, he had 211 shots, only had 8.5 shooting percentage, which tells me he's taking a lot... I don't know if he's just taking a lot of bullshit shots... And I know I'm always saying, hey, you got to take shots, you got to take shots. But, I mean, you also got to take smart shots. So I don't know that he was really taking the right shots. But keep an eye out for him. He could break out this year just because the Blue Jackets could break out again this year. They broke out last year. Let's see if they can continue it. If they do, Boone Jenner could really succeed. As a whole, Columbus looks better, too. Now, next up, I have Matt Calvert. I think maybe I'm a little higher on Matt Calvert than other people are, but for a sleeper, I'm definitely high on him. He did a little lower last year than I think he's capable of doing. He had played 65 games, only had 10 goals, 5 assists. Now, the true meaning of a sleeper is somebody who's going to bust something open that nobody really is expecting to happen. I think Matt Calvert could be that guy. Most likely, he's going to be on that fourth line, which means he's going to be playing against other other fourth-line talent. Um, and the Com- Columbus Blue Jackets are probably going to have a better forward grouping than most other teams. One thing I do want from Matt Calvert, surprise, surprise, I want more shots from him. He only took 92 shots last year. Yikes. Now, he probably he wasn't on the ice as much as your Cam Atkinson's and players like that. So if he gets some more time, if he's out there for more games, I'm looking for him to score, I don't know, I would say about 35 points, 30, 35 points. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. And if he does so, he's doubling his point total from last year, and that is the true idea of a sleeper. So what do we got, Dallas next? So the sleepers here... I'm not sure Dallas exactly has the sleeper going into it. Um, fucking motorcycles. But everybody over there is pretty much well-known. I mean, Tyler Sagan, Jamie Benn, um, Antoine Roussel in your PIM leagues. But some sneaky prospects they got going on. I know Remiel was uh, a quality pickup for me, especially in uh, daily fantasy like DraftKings. Um, he really paid out. Six foot one, two hundred and ten pounds, twenty-two years old. He might see some stints in the NHL. He played eighteen games, had a goal and six assists. So, seven points in eighteen games is fine, but he he might be up there a little more. Find some chemistry, that whole spiel. I mean, he could could be good. He might have like a thirty-five, forty-point season if he plays a full season. A defensive prospect or defensive, you know, Esselindell. Okay, so he he played last year. And, yeah, I I didn't know what to call him. He played 73 games, so I'm not going to call him a prospect. I'm not going to call him a rookie. He had 18 points in 73 games. That's not great by a long stretch. He had six goals, 12 assists. 
if this guy can see top four minutes, I mean, he joins the rush, he's offensive-minded, and is going to be in the NHL. No problem. But with Miro Heiskanen being their draft pick this year, I don't see him. Who's going to be awesome. He's going to be awesome. He's, he really he, is. He's, he's going to be good. He's the next guy I'm about <clears throat> to talk about. Um, he's not going to be a top-pairing defenseman, Esselindel, but he could still be in the top four there. I mean, you got Mark Mathot, um, Stephen Johns, uh, Jamie Alexiak, who's a big fucking dude. Esselindel, if you got an offensive-minded defenseman, like that could work out, especially with um, their bolstered offense this year. They picked up Martin Hansel, Alexander Radulov, something we've been talking about for weeks now. Keep an eye on Esselindel. I'm not going to straight out say he's a sleeper and that he's going to be good for you, but I... It, it's about a 50-50 shot for me. Like, I'd, I I don't exactly know what to say here. This guy, he could be awesome. He could be 18 points in 73 games, just like last year. I mean, who knows? This Dallas defense is pretty much one line, and that's it. Um, so, Miro Heiskanen. He was drafted third overall this year. He's an elite two-way defenseman in the making. This is EliteProspects.com giving us that information. He's going to be in Finland for this season. So the same thing I was saying with Kel McCarr. He might be here at the end of the year. Just kind of, hey, let's see what the fuck he got. But if you're, I playing, want to see him get some time. Like just as a hockey fan, if I'm playing I want the over under, sometime. If I'm playing the over under, I'll set the over under at three games, and I'll probably take the over. He might play four or five. He's not going to be. He's not going to get his nine games. He's not going to start getting paid. No. You know. So this guy, he's gonna, he's gonna have some development. Which is a shame, because you like to see those number three draft picks and number four draft picks. They, you like to see them go into the NHL right away. And, and this year, it seems like the only players that are going to play are Nico Heischer and Nolan Patrick. Those are the only two players. At least we're going to see them all year long. Yeah. I mean... Let's start out that rivalry right now and let's yeah, get this shit in. They're not going to be friends. I mean, they're playing in the same division. I want to see them fight. Oh, my God. Patrick could take him. Yeah, no, yeah. that's why I want to see him fight. And okay, ESPN, we're getting a little off topic. But <laughs> just as a as a side note, ESPN does have Nolan Patrick projected higher than Nico Heischer, which goes against everything I've been saying. Which um, is that Nico Heischer is going to be a better fantasy option, and Nolan Patrick was projected like way higher. Flyers on the better team. Yeah, and if he if he can like tough out that second line, good for you, man. Next up is Detroit. I know they lost their best prospect, Thomas Nosek, to Las Vegas. So that's kind of leaving who? Who's left? Fucking Wide open? Nobody. My best bet is Evgeny Shvetchukov. Oh, yeah. The savior. Left winger, 6'3", 203 pounds. Pretty big guy. I've watched this highlights of this guy. and Pretty big guy. He's got good hands, but you know what I love? And we were talking about Conley, the old school way of hockey this guy used his body he's great on the forecheck he helps out on the back check he plays the neutral zone and uses his body to his advantage he's a smart player if you have that body size you should use it and he does i like that a lot he was drafted 19th overall in 2015 it's his time man like you got mantha you got Athanasiu, these guys are coming up last year and they kind of broke out a little bit. He has that background. He is aware of how professional hockey is played. Good. It's time for him to move up and 
let's see what this kid has got. I think he could be something good for the Red Wings for the for the whole reason of well, let's be honest, they just don't have much. They lost Nosek, and that was their best best prospect. So I see this kid getting his nine games. I see him getting his nine games at the beginning of the year. Let's see what happens. And if he pays off in those first nine games, then we might even see him the rest of the season. And if that's the case, then he goes from being a prospect to a sleeper. Yeah, I was just going to say, he's starting to enter sleeper territory here. It's like, I've, I've watched some of this guy's highlights, and he is electric. Very exciting to watch. And he could be exactly what Detroit needs. I mean, they already got the fanfare that is Andreas Athanasiu. They got the names of Zetterberg and Nyquist, the names everybody knows. These guys, like, it could be the, the, the new core that they're looking for. Pairing him with him and Manta and some of the other young guys that they have, Franz Nielsen, mm-hmm. some of these other guys, this, these are going to be the, the new, new faces face. of the Detroit Wet Wings. Last year was the first year they didn't make the playoffs, and... Let's be honest, the Detroit Red Wings are one of those teams that I grew up with just... As a juggernaut. Yeah, They exactly. were always good. It's harsh to watch them not be good. Yeah, and uh, honestly, I, I was... Growing up, I was a Detroit Red Wing fan just because I, I, liked, I liked their players. And I grew up liking Pavel Datsuk, and now he's not around. And I want to see him be good again. Yeah. And I think... Sveshnikov could be a, a decent part of that. As far as another sleeper goes, I'm going to go with the defenseman, Xavier Willette. Now, he didn't light the world on fire last year. He only had three goals and nine assists. Yikes. But... Zach Ronaldo puts up better numbers. Yeah, well, he was on the Detroit Red Wings, and nobody really did good last year. All right, fair enough. So, if they're coming back around, if they make a push... And put some of this young talent out there and have everybody grow together, Xavier Ouellette could stand to benefit. Let's see, a like second, a, second pairing defenseman, third pairing? Yes. Yes? He's on the second pair. Okay. He's someone I like. I kept him on my watch list last year. I picked him up a couple of times for, for streaming options. I'm going to be honest, it didn't really pay off last year, but... I'm not giving up on him. I'm, j- I'm just not. You're telling do me it. you didn't get one of those twelve points that he had all year. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to give up on him. Okay. I, I I believe that he can do it. He can score. He is much more of a stay-at-home defenseman. If the Red Wings are better, he'll be better too. Those Flat points. Out. Are, those points are going to get spread out. So exactly, he'll see some of that. Now's the perfect time to bring up. Uh, I know Doc, if you're listening, man. Uh, DL Hockey on Facebook. They're doing videos on every single team across the league. I'm pretty sure they've hit on, you know, at least half of the league by now. They're doing good coverage, a lot of fun to watch. They're drinking the whole time, and you know how that's always fun. Drinking and hockey kind of go hand in hand, and I know we're doing that today. We're drinking some uh, some Canadian whiskey, and it's... Uh, Cheers. By now, it's gone. Clinky. So, we're already most of the way through, and I want to say I, I got maybe, like, I don't know, Two shots left, this caribou. Tops. So, Doc, DL Hockey, Littlefoot, what's going on, man? Yeah, just a quick shout-out to you guys. So next is my second favorite team behind the Flyers. Uh, 
the Edmonton Oilers. They were a lot of fun to watch last year. I didn't give a shit if they were playing somebody. I, I didn't give a shit. I love watching Boo hiss. Boo hiss. Um, the sleepers over there for me are Jesse Pugliarvi and Ryan Strom. Ryan Strom is more of a wild card because, obviously, he's coming into a different team. He has no idea what to expect. We have no idea what to expect. But if this speedy little kid can keep pace with the top two lines, I can easily see him filling Jordan Everly's shoes or, you know, overflowing Jordan Everly's shoes. This kid could put up 50-plus points. I mean, coming from the Islanders, sure, whatever. What like, odd way to say that. What? Overflowing the shoes? Like, I, I figured filling the shoes was, like, right to the level and then overflowing the shoes. His shoes runneth over. Um, what is this guy pissing in Jordan Everly's shoes for? I would piss in Jordan Everly's shoes after the year he had last year. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, Jesse Pugliarvi, six foot fucking four, 203 pounds. He's a BFG through and through. He went number fourth overall in 2016. He's got top six potential, and he's a BFG who's skilled and fast. So you like to see those guys who have the size and the speed. He's got good playmaker skills. He could wing Drysaddle if Drysaddle gets his own line. He had eight points. I don't know. I want Drysaddle to play with McDavid because he's going to get that small amount of boost. But we've seen Drysaddle play without McDavid, and there's a small drop, but not much of a drop. So just to pull you I want to see him be his own man. He's his own man, man. He's the next of getting fucking Malkin. Like the only. Second line center better than Dreisaitl this year was Evgeny Malkin. Period. Period at the end. Uh, if I mean, if you got a if you got a better second line center, you let me know. Okay, Jesse Puljujarvi had eight points in twenty eight games with the Oil, one goal, seven assists. It's not something you want to see repeat. If he can play all eighty two, that's still only twenty four points, like thirty points. But if he's moving up in in the depth chart. The points are going to go up. He's playing with better characters, etc. Uh, their draft pick this year was Kyler Yamamoto. He is electric. He is. Uh, he is fucking electric, dude. He's five foot eight, 148 pounds. This is a dude you can fit in your pocket, like poly fucking pocket. Kyler Yamamoto, but he's a LFG. He's a little fucking Yeah, but guy. he can skate circles around everyone. <sighs> because even if they're swinging at him, they're, they're you missing You haven't seen foot. this kid's highlights? Then fucking watch him. He had 99 points. 99 points in 65 games with the Spokane Chiefs. Nuts. That's 42 goals, 57 assists. Fuck. That's good. Well done, Edmonton. I know you had a late-round draft pick, but you did well. This kid, in a couple years, is going to be a staple in your lineup. Enough said. Uh, Ethan Bear is another one I want to talk to talk about. He's a right-handed defenseman, 5'11", 201. Uh, he's 20 years old. And he went late in the picks in 2015, 124th overall. He generates play, which is something the Oils need. I mean, you got Clefbaum and Sakara, and then nothing. You want fucking Darnell Nurse? Like, who do you have left? There, there ain't much going on after your first pairing. Um, Chris Russell. So, I mean, Ethan Bear could come up. Sakara and Clefbaum. Clefbaum is another sleeper I want to talk about. I mean... Not so much a sleeper because the name recognition is a little bit higher than Puyarvi or Ryan Strom, uh, but Clefbaum will be playing Who that. Who doesn't know about the goddamn Strom brothers? I mean, these yeah, listeners Ryan Strom, living, Dylan living Strom, under Strom, a fucking rock or something. There's three of them. They're the next stalls, you know. So look at Clefbaum. He's going to be the top pairing 
defenseman for the power play with Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Pat Maroon, fucking Milan Lucic, whoever the fuck they put up there. But anyway, Clefbaum's going to be good. Ethan Bear, when his time comes around, will also be good. My Florida Panthers? Your Florida Panthers. Re- I love the Florida Panthers. Redeem Verbata. Verbata being Verbata boom. They were good last year. They should have made the playoffs. They're going to make the playoffs this year. Florida Panthers are going to be good. Now, as far as their prospects go, my favorite prospect they have is Chase Howerluck. He's a center. He's only 5'10", 192 pounds. Nice, sturdy size. Uh, I want to see him grow four inches, but, you know, that's not going to happen. However, he was drafted 32nd overall in 2014. Kid's got a lot of speed. He's got a great set of hands on him. He can really shoot the puck. Has a really good wrister. Um, from from the highlights I've seen of him, he can shoot the lights out. One thing I am worried about him, however, is, well, the same thing I'm worried about all of the Florida Panthers is injuries. He does have injury history, and uh, I just don't want to see it happen again. Not another year of Florida Panthers injuries where we're dealing with Barkov and we're dealing with Hooperdu. With this young kid who hasn't even made it to the NHL, if he's got an injury history, yeah, that worries me a little bit. Keep things on the low. Don't get too excited about this kid, but honestly, he does have potential. He has top six potential, and I, I can, I can attest to that. No, I don't want to see it. It's super solid. Wow, that is a huge it's poop. Enormous. How did he poop that out? He's been working on it for two days. He's been cranky as shit because of this. TJ showing me his kids poop this is the life I live I get to see other people's poop and fucking other babies poop it was huge it was actually pretty big it's like a full size adult human poop he's been cranky as shit for the past two days because of that poop uh, thank where, god where are we at? can actually sleep now um, so where we're at is we're moving on to the Florida Panthers sleepers. Okay. I'm going to go with two defensemen. Jonathan Marcheseau? False. <laughs> Number one, he's not a Florida Panther. Number two, yeah. he's not a sleeper. Yeah. He made himself pretty loud last year. He's an awaker. So we're going to go with two defensemen, Jason Demers and Mark Pesek. They both played... 81 and 82 games, respectively. Let's say that all of their offensive talent is healthy. Yep. Let's say in this perfect world... Got all my fingers crossed. ...that the kind of thing that doesn't happen in Florida actually happens. Okay, so... Where they're all healthy. Real quick side note. What's the over-under on Barkov's game split? 65. Set it right there. Over, under. It's tough, right? Because you would have said 65 games. I'm going to say... Okay, so the so the pessimistic asshole in me... Your heart says ...really over. wants to say under. Your heart says over. But I want to say over so bad. But I don't want to be wrong. Yeah. It's tough. I'm going over. Okay. I'm going over. All right? I'm feeling it. good today. This whiskey's got me flying on high. I'm going to say... Alexander Barkov plays one of the 65 games. Okay. I hope so, too. If that happens, 
He's a 60-point player. 70. No no fucking doubt about it. Oh, my God. 70, 75 points. I know that's what his pace was for last year, and he's got no problem with it. If that happens, if I'm right about Alexander Barkov playing more than 65 games, my sleepers here, Demers and Pissick, whew. They're going to benefit, too. They're going to benefit. All of those injuries down there Even though they're not top-pairing defensemen, they're still going to benefit. Because you got Yandel and Ekblad playing with them, but... But see, also... So say they are healthy. Who does that bump down? Trocek. Trocek. Yeah. That bumps down Trocek. Yeah, so Trocek's playing on the second pairing with the Murray. So Trocek is going to play with these guys. Yep. And let's just be honest, Trocek is a solid player. And he's going to tear up lower bottom people. He's going to tear up people's lower bottoms? That sounded wrong. (laughs) Hey, giggity. Okay, so I'm going to take these young defensemen... Oh, I'm going to take these defensemen <laughs> from the Florida Panthers. You really like Florida, eh? I do like, I do like Florida. Oh, yeah, you really I, like I, I think they're good. I just wish they had a better fucking goalie. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't like Robert Luongo. He's serviceable at best. I, I don't like him at all. I, I wish they would have made a trade, moved him out, and uh, went with somebody else. I think that that is going to be their blaring problem this year. If it's not injuries, injuries are their historical problems. I think that goalie is going to be their problem this year. Makes sense. But I do think that they're a playoff team, whereas the Carolina Hurricanes are not. I'll drink to that. Cheers. So are we moving on now? We are moving on to the Los Angeles Queens? The Los Angeles Kings? Uh, So I don't really have a sleeper here. Um, Jeff Carter pretty much holds down the offense. Uh, Andre Kopitar is, as of last year, just non-existent. Um, their draft pick this year was Gabe Velarde, who was kind of a steal at 11th overall. He was projected for a long time to be the fifth or the fourth, or like right behind Heiskanen and Kale McCarr. He was he was supposed to go fifth. So when Casey Middlestad started going and Elias Anderson. I could just assume the L.A. Kings management just started getting slowly and more slowly erect. The fact that they could get Gabe Velarde, a uh, 6'3 centerman, another BFG. How he slipped to them, I really, I, I don't know. He went 11th overall to them. He uh, He's coming from the Windsor Spitfires. He's a calm two-way center who looks to be a top six when he matures. Um, he had 61 points with Windsor in 49 games. So, again... More points than games is exactly what you look for for people playing in the minors, um, in college, etc. Adrian Kempe is another one is another one that I'm looking at as far as prospects go. Uh, he's 20 years old, six foot, 287 pounds. He had six points in 25 games last year, two goals, four assists with LA. His offensive upside is kind of limited, but he'll probably play a majority of his season in the AHL. When he does come up, I mean, that's still somebody you can look at. I wouldn't draft him. I wouldn't stream him, but we're talking prospects here, and Kempe might be somebody two years down the road that could be a fixture for them. I'm glad that you took these West teams. Yeah, it's rough. I am. I'm glad. I feel like you would do a lot harder work than I had to do. I, I really had to look, especially for, like, San Jose. When we get there, they got fucking nobody. Um... Paul Ledoux is somebody who, if he doesn't make it this year, is not going to make it at all. He's 25 years old, six foot two, 185. He went 181st overall back in 2012. I was still in college at that time. 
Uh, he's he, it was a long fucking time ago. Um, skates. He moves the puck well. He's got a decent shot. He played with the University of North Dakota. That's a lot of people come out of North Dakota. It's a real great place to play hockey. That's where Dave fucking Haxtell came from. So, I mean, his coaching it's doesn't. Really, it's really cold there. Yeah. I don't understand. It's fucking boring as shit. What the hell's in North Dakota? Fucking the president's faces on that mountain. That's in that South called? Dakota? Is it really? Yeah. Jesus, what does North Dakota have going for them? Carson Wentz? Okay. Well, that's it then. North Dakota has a football team? Yeah. The University of North Dakota? Carson Wentz, I thought he was an NFL player. But that's where he went to college. Oh. See, I, I was asking what they have going for them right now. Yeah, Carson Wentz. Okay. That's about well. <laughs> that he that anyway. they have a person that actually plays on an NFL team now. So at least you got somebody who has the rigor to live for four years in North Dakota. You know he's got to be determined. Uh, he was a D-man D for the NCAA champion North Dakota team. Played 22 games with LA. Had eight assists. Meh. So again, the Kings really don't have much going for them as far as prospects go. But you're gonna have to wait and see. I I don't I don't suggest drafting any of these players. I don't suggest streaming any of these players. They're kind of just fucked. Uh, Minnesota. So Minnesota's up next. The only sleeper or not sleeper. The only prospect I have for them is Joel Eriksson Ek. There was a there was a good amount of buzz about him last year. He went 20th overall in 2015. He has 15 games played, three goals, four assists with the Minnesota Wild. He's got an elite level shot and wicked vision, uh, which will probably make the Minnesota squad. We all noticed that last year, Minnesota kind of spread out their points really evenly with a couple of 60-point player guys, but most of them being in the 30 to 50-point range. Montreal. All right, so I can get into that. They ain't got much going on, do they? Jeez, you can talk about it if you want to. Yeah? Okay, so... So their main prospect, uh, as far as I'm concerned, is Charles Hooden. Um, he's a left winger, 5'10", 195 pounds. Um, he's been around for a while. Uh, he was dropped 122nd in 2012. So come on, man. It's shit or get off the pot time. From what I'm to understand in the articles that I read, um, it's more, is Claude Julien going to give this guy a chance? Uh, Michelle Terrian, for some reason, did not like him. That's didn't Terrian's really... thing. He just yeah, don't no like shit. people for some reason. That really is Terrian's thing. Didn't really give him a chance. Is Claude Julien going to do so? If he does, supposedly the guy's got top six potential. If he doesn't, then come on. Trade the poor guy. Give him a chance. If he's not going to play for you, let him play for somebody else. Come on. He was supposed to be one of the trade baits for the whole Duchesne, like, Duchesne was just rumored all year to be going to, to Montreal, and Houdon and Sergachev, while he was still there, were supposed to be the trade pieces to go for him. So, like, if, if you can trade him for, you know, finally getting a number one center, do it. Or even getting them a little more D. Yeah. They need some defense in Montreal. Jesus Christ. Get some defense for the poor guy. If, if you're going to keep him and make him, be, a, make him be an AHL lifer, then, I mean... Would that be fine for me? Yeah, I'll play in the NHL and or AHL and and hang out and play a hockey. But I mean, you're making eighty thousand sometimes, 
90 a year, but... But, I mean, this guy wants to play, and, yeah. and I don't want to see him live his life in the AHL and and be there for life. And it, I hope he gets his chance with the Montreal Canadiens, and if he doesn't, I hope they move on from him. So, I mean, as far as their sleepers, uh, Mikhail Sergachev, hey, wait, he's not on the Canadiens anymore. We'll talk about him on um, later. How about Nathan Beaulieu? Oh, wait. Oh, hey, wait. <laughs> About, he's uh, not on the Canadians anymore. Andre Markov. Hey, wait. Hey, wait. He's a Okay, Russian. so as far as sleepers go, honestly, I, I don't know what the fuck to tell you, T. <sighs> I mean, I am kind of a, a Montreal fan. Um, I love the city. The team is just historic. I don't really know. Uh, Brendan Gallagher, maybe? I mean, I, I guess I could feel you on that, but... But still, he's he's got the name recognition. Like, yeah, he shouldn't be a sleeper is the thing. Philip Deneau. Yeah, Philip Deneau. I thought you said it wasn't Deneau. Did I? I thought it was Beaulieu that I said it wasn't. Okay. But I knew it was a French name, so Philip Deneau um, was centering that top line with Pacioretty and Radulov while he was there. But Philip Deneau could be your best sleeper. I mean, he's just going to... He's going to fall into points. I mean, you're playing with 30-goal scorer Max Pacioretty. You're going to get your assists somehow. So, I like that guy going forward. All done with Montreal? I believe so. Yeah, there's not much else going on. Uh, Charlie Lindgren. I mean, you're playing behind Carey Carl Price. Carl Alsner. Yeah. Like, what do you got going <laughs> on? Um, so, I'm going to move on to Nashville, the runner-up last year, I guess. Um, let's, let's start with somebody... We saw a good amount of last year, and um, most most people might be aware because they were watching the watching the Stanley Cup playoffs. I mean, Frederick Goudreau, Freddie Hockey. He was 24 years old, six foot, 190 pounds. He's a center and a right wing. Had 101 points and 184 AHL games, 44 goals and 57 assists. So that's like right around 55 points per or point 55 points per game. Um, we all saw this guy, the the playoffs in the Stanley Cup. He got his first three goals in the playoffs, which, from what I gather, has never been done. Um, I Ga- loved it. Freddie Gaudreau is going to be on the team next year and is probably going to see, you know, third or fourth line minutes, whatever. Uh, Dante Fabro is another one that I really like coming up here. 19 years old, six foot one, blah, blah, blah. He's a right-handed defenseman. Good luck getting into the lineup with the Predators' defense. So it's going to be a while before you get into it, but he's a two-way D-man with offensive upside, a perfect fit in Nashville. He's mobile. He's capable of quarterbacking uh, power play. He's very, very complete player. And another another prospect they have coming up this year is who they just drafted, Ilya Tolvanen. Another kind of steal for the draft. He went late, late in the draft. He was the steal of the draft uh, coming from Corey Pronman, an ESPN analyst. He's a fast goal scorer with a heavy shot. He went 30th overall. He's smaller sized, but who the hell cares? I mean, Claude Giroux is five foot eleven and left wing, left handed shot. Looks good for Nashville. So at least they got kind of a uh, kind of a future coming up here. So we are about to break into your six team stretch. You ready? Do you need a drink? Get that wet that whistle a little bit. There you go. All right, in through the nose, out through the mouth. Is that? Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Okay. <clears throat> get, get some whiskey in there. It's gonna be a minute. You got six teams to go. Slog this one down real quick. I still got airplane minis. Like I got rum. I got. You done? No, no. I mean, if we still got airplane minis. Okay. Uh, rum, vodka, or whiskey. I think there might be whiskey. 
Uh, if we have whiskey, I'd like to keep on that train. It might be a Canadian club. Canadian Still Canadian. Roll, the way and way through. All right, folks. I hope you're ready because it is fucking Zach Vogel time. We're going on a stretch here. Screw TJ, whatever he has to say. All that matters is me right now. This is the way I like it. It feels right. Okay, let's go with the New Jersey Devils. I hate the Devils. I can't stand them as a Flyers fan. For some reason, I also kind of secretly like them. I like a lot of their players. Let's start off with their prospect that I picked. Michael McLeod. Center. 6'2". 194 pounds. He's a pretty big fucking guy. I like that. Two-way forward. I am all about real hockey players. Is a two-way forward really going to help you in certain aspects of fantasy hockey? Not exactly, unless you're playing block shots, penalty minutes, stuff like that. But he's going to help the Devils with scoring. He's a great passer, and he was drafted 12th overall in in 2016. I love my first-round picks. I'm huge on them. I want to fill my entire fantasy team with first-round picks. I am just a first-round pick whore. Ooh, that sounds like whiskey. It's Canadian. Thank you, wife. As far as their sleeper goes, um, I'm going to have to go with Pavel Zaka. I see him getting and cracking that second line this year. I really do. I'll be surprised if he doesn't. He played 70 games last year, only had 8 goals, 16 assists. Also, only had 83 shots. I want to see the man take more shots. Jesus Christ. If he plays on that second line, he's going to be shooting more. He's still going to get the what I would think is more games, at least the same amount. And I, I, I want to see his I want to see his goals go up to. I want to see him double that goal, that goal amount. I want to see him get at least 16, 18 goals, something like that. I want to see him be more of a 40-point player. Now, is that a huge a huge number? No. But will that be a big upgrade from what he was last year? Yes. If he's on that second line, he's going to get better players around him, and I'm really hoping that that works out for him, as I like my New Jersey players. I like the players. I just hate the fucking team. Is that okay? I mean, yeah. Is, is that as a guy, right? As a guy who's keeping Sidney Crosby, how do you... I mean, how can you relate? You you, you got a fucking problems? You you want you want to fight about it? <laughs> You've had too much whiskey. Cutting you off, man. I don't care if I'm keeping Sidney Crosby. Would you not keep Sidney Crosby? Is that what you're trying to no, say? No, I mean you got no chance. You got to keep him. Yeah, let me just throw him out there into the open pool so that you can draft him. I would. Yeah, I would no care. shit, you would. Okay, so next up we got the New York Islanders. I also like the New York Islanders. Crazy how this works. Oh, man. My man, Gut Checks. He put up a, uh, a post. All right, so just a real quick one. If any of y'all are on Instagram, check out Gut Checks FS. Wicked, knowledgeable, fun follow. So I also like the New York Islanders. The man, the myth, the legend, John Tavares, which TJ fucking stole from me Oh yeah. at the end of last season, <laughs> not really knowing it. And put it on his, t- put him on his team, so that we could do a dynasty league. I didn't. It was before we'd even talked. What a about crock the of shit, dude! No, dude. I couldn't believe it when I saw that. I All said, right. "How are these guys that were on my team on TJ's team now? I don't even want to fucking play." So at the end of the year, um, 
everybody like dropped their players because they were getting hurt. Everybody knows John Tavares got hurt, uh, Shea Weber got hurt, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so at the end of the year, after I came in second to you, Zach, um, I, I like went through. I mean, just to make sure everybody knows. Everybody knows. Um, I went through. I picked up all the players on the waiver wire just to like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I did it. It was just like. I was feeling this void in my life that there was no fantasy hockey, and I was just picking up players and dropping them and like pretending I was still there. I think I offered what 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 trade did I? Oh my god, I traded PK Subban like nine times this year, so I traded. I, you I tried to trade me PK Subban for my entire team. Yeah, I sent. <laughs> <laughs> I sent Zach a proposal that was a uh, PK Subban for every single player on his team, and I'm thank fuck he didn't do it because I would have had to. I've dropped Drop all everybody. Of my like, <laughs> I'd have been fucked in the long run, but hey, it was it was the thought that counts. It was still funny. I could have picked up Drysidle and held him hostage. Uh, it wouldn't have worked out for either of us, probably. Uh, but it was it was the the uh, the novelty of it. Yeah, it was novel, all right. <laughs> all right, so let's get back to the Islanders. Let's get back to our actual segment. Yeah, how could you forget about John Tavares? Are you fucking kidding me? I'm sure a lot of you know about some of their prospects. My favorite prospect is Josh Hosang. I imagine TJ's too. I know TJ's big on Josh Hosang. Number 66, which is Hosang's number, and he got a ton of shit. And then he even, I don't know if he tweeted Mario Lemieux, was like, hey man, is it okay if I use your number? And Lemieux was like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Do whatever the fuck you want. I'm sleeping. Fuck off. Jesus Christ. But anyway, yeah. Josh Hosang. Fucking badass second line center. Let He's another it. LFG, though. He's only 5'11, 160 pounds. Uh, he was drafted 28th overall last year. 10 points in 21 games last year as well on the Islanders. He kind of lit those 21 games on fire. He was out there doing all those little things. Every time he was on the ice, you fucking knew it. That's what I look for in my players. He didn't get lost on the ice. That's one thing that I hate about Claude Giroux. Yeah. Claude Giroux, sometimes you lose him. He gets too fancy. He's always it's, trying to make sports center, you know? He's like, always trying to make sports center, but, but it's like some games, he'll be out there for a whole game. He'll be out there for 26 minutes, and you don't even notice him out there. <sighs> Josh Hosang, every time he was on the ice last year, every shift he had, Bucking you knew he was there. He, uh, You just did. That tells me everything I need to know. He is also very high risk, high reward. Um, he'll put himself in certain positions that will make it so either shit's going to happen or the other team's going to score. It's going in somebody's net. But I gotta say, I like him a lot. I think he's going to be a contributor next year and not only is he a prospect, but he's a sleeper. As far as another another prospect goes, a combination left-wing center, Anthony Bovillier. Not the biggest guy, 5'10", 181 pounds. In the 16 games that he did play last year, he scored nine points. Not bad. Um, that's He's at a half a point a game. Duncan Keith uh, numbers. If he keeps on doing that, I'm fine with it. As far as the New York Islanders were concerned, he was drafted in the first round. He was drafted, drafted 28th overall in 2015. Um, but I will say this kid loves to shoot. 
He puts the puck on net. Is John Tavares going to play with him? No. No. So he won't have as Eberle, high as the ceiling. What, Eberle and Bailey? Most likely. Uh, if he's on that second line, though, he's going to score you some points. He's a worthwhile prospect. As far as their sleeper goes, I'm going to go with a defenseman by the name of Thomas Hickey. Um, I feel like maybe a lot of people don't know about him. He played a decent amount of games last year. He played 76 games. Now, he only scored four goals and 16 assists. But one thing the Islanders did this offseason was they bolstered their top six. They brought in some talent, like Jordan Everly. Fuck yeah. That means they can shift some things around, which is going to make their team better up and down. Andres Lee, he scored, what, 33 goals? Andres Lee is a solid player. He's greedy, but he puts the puck in the net and will be solid for you in fantasy. Absolutely. So it makes it so that they can shift around their offensive talent. When you can shift around your offensive talent, see what works, see what doesn't work, and find out where the happy medium is, that's when your defense gets better. And the same way we were saying that the league is evolving from large players who can move to small, speedy guys. The same thing. We've said it before. The same episode is the top six is quickly becoming a top nine. If you don't have a top nine, like you can't even compete. Exactly. Which is what the Islanders are trying to do. It's what everybody's trying to do. Okay, so it's time to move on to, well, let's just say one of my least favorite teams in the league, the New York Rangers. The Dangerous Rangers. Now, I don't know why I'm really talking about the Rangers right now, because I didn't want any of them on my team last year. It's going to be fuck word after fuck word. Their best prospect in my eyes is Matt Pumple. He's a combo left wing, right right wing, which I'm personally a big fan of. Um, I feel like a lot of the young guys that come out nowadays are really kind of stuck into one role. This is what I play. This is what I played my whole life. This is what I know how to do. This is what I want to do. Now, somebody that can play either side of the ice, wow, that is a that's a it's a huge thing. It's something that doesn't really happen that often. Diamond into the rough. Type exactly. Thing. You can move them. So that means maybe they don't have to say you have a, a really good first line right winger. Okay, well now this person has to play right wing on the second line. Instead, I can move them up to the first, first line left winger. Yeah, wingers are few and far between these days. So, so Matt Pumple, I'm a big fan of. Uh, while I don't like the the Rangers, I do like Matt Pumple. Um, he's 6'2", 205, which is a great body size for hockey. Big fan of that. He's been in the league for a while um, as far as he was drafted 24th overall in 2011. It's kind of sure to get off the pot time. He did have some time up last year. Did well in my eyes. I would like to see him up for the rest of this year. But one thing I will say is he has the ability to play in the NHL. And the fact that he can play either side, I think, really plays to his strengths and and gives him a large advantage. As far as I'm concerned, the same thing that goes for fantasy hockey goes for real hockey. If you have a depth of talent in one position, what do you do? Move them. You move them for something that you don't have. Okay, as far as their sleeper goes, I'm a big fan of Pavel Buchnevich. The Butcher. 
My dad's name is Butch. Yeah. So I'm gonna call this. I'm gonna call this guy Butch. Pavel Dad. Pavel Dad. There you go. That just doesn't have the same rank. No. I'm just gonna call him Butch. Butch. Okay. They call him the Butcher. Uh, I'm just right. gonna call him Butch. Sneaky he little just, thing. He just needs to. He just needs to grow a mustache like he, my dad has. So Butch ended up playing 41 games. Honestly, he did pretty decent. Eight goals, 12 assists. You times that by two, which, hey, this is easy math now. Now, this is, this is solid drunk math. So that's 16 goals, 24 assists. That's not too bad. I think he could easily have 40, 45 points next year. But I'll tell you what. You know how many shots he took? Mm. 55. Wow. A shot a game, just about. Like. He took 55 shots. He scored eight goals. I don't know how that's possible, but he did it. I want to see him up a little more next year. I think he will be, too, with the departure of a player of the likes of Stepan. They're going to need somebody to step up. They need to fill up those lower spots. If Butch is on that fourth line, then damn, he's going to he's gonna kill it on that fourth line. Yeah, uh, I'll be the first one to say it. He's going to kill it. I see him scoring 45 points next year. Easy. He is a sleeper. Maybe the truest sleeper I have said today. Next up, we're going to move to the Senators. Now, I know you don't want to talk about them. I heard you talking shit about them earlier. Not um, necessarily shit. I'm just saying. You said all they had was Eric Carlson. That, uh, that's, no. You, you said the, they have a top six. What I got was the only reason they made the playoffs was because they had Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson was a, like a statistician's dream. Statistician? Yeah, whatever that fucking word is. They told me there would be no vocab in this thing either. They have a top six. Uh, kind of a top nine. A big reason they made they the playoffs. They have a JGP. They have JG Peugeot, no doubt. But you look at other teams' third lines, like the Penguins. Nick Benino is their third line center. And you got JG Peugeot rounding out your third line. Who are you going to take if you're building a team? Are you going to take Nick Benino? JG Peugeot. You're going to take Peugeot? Yeah. I'm going to take Nick Benino. So Alexander Burroughs, JG Peugeot... And Zach Smith on that third line. All right, now go ahead and look up the Penguins' third line. It was um, like Phil fucking Castle and Nick Benino. <laughs> Come on, man. Like, how are you going to try and tell me that Ottawa had a better third line? You didn't say anything about Phil Castle earlier. You said, who would you take if you were starting a team? Uh, Nick Benino or J.G. Peugeot? I think J.G. Peugeot is a fucking star in the making. Nick Benino is not. Is Nick Benino a solid NHL player? Who is going to be around the league? He's going to be a yes. second line center for yes, the Nashville he is. Predators. Nick Benino is going to be around the league. I will agree with you on that. But is he? Who has a higher ceiling? Do you honestly think that Nick Benino has a higher ceiling than JGP? You think that? In a second line role in Nashville? Yeah, I do. Who has a higher ceiling career wise in the NHL? Benino. False. I think it's Benino. False. Number one, he was playing with better people in Pittsburgh. Yeah, no shit. And Which is why probably you think he's better. Eric Carlson suppresses shots like nobody's fucking business. So, thank God Craig Anderson was on his shit because he only saw like 25 shots a game. It's because of Eric Carlson blocking shots and destroying shots and laying out on his stomach and stopping shots and stopping passes and all this stuff. Eric Carlson was a big, if not the biggest part of the team and... The reason I never said he so wasn't the biggest part of the team. But the <clears> only reason, <throat> I'm not going to say the only reason they made the playoffs. They made the playoffs because the Atlantic Division is shit. And 
they were they were the second best team in the Atlantic Division. Big fucking deal. They don't have a top nine in the same caliber that the rest of these teams that we've been talking about with a top nine like Columbus or Minnesota or any of these teams that have a solid fucking top nine. Okay, that's I never spread out. said that they did. But I'm trying this to defend whole argument my statement. Starting out, Benino or JGP. That's how Which, we started. I still fucking say Benino. I'll look and at I their, still say you're wrong. I'll look at their career stats right now. All right, so JGP just fucking started for the most part. He's 25. And Nick Benino has been playing with Phil Kessel for the past couple of years. So are you saying that Ottawa's third line is not as good as Pittsburgh's third line? Because that's pretty much exactly what I was saying. That is what I'm saying. Okay, so Ottawa... I never said you were wrong about that. I'm saying that I'd rather have JGP on my team than Nick Bonino. If you said if you're starting out, if you're starting a team, I would rather have JGP right. if I am starting a team. He's he's 24 years old. My mistake. In 251 games, he has 101 points, 45 goals, 56 assists. Uh, he's a plus 32 overall, so pretty solid. Uh, a little bit less. That's like one goal or one point rather every 2.5 games. So. Give me a second to look up Nick Benino's one point every 2.5. So, career. 407. Oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. Yay! <laughs> you're right by a, quite a long shot. Um, he doesn't even hit one point every two games. So. All right. So, JJ. Can I hear it just one more time? You are right. Uh, on paper, JG Peugeot is better than Nick Benino. But even, I would still even take Nick playing, Even playing with someone with the likes of Phil Kessel? Phil Kessel, I don't know. <clears throat> that well, that was just your argument but two still, minutes ago. Still, I don't know. I just, I thought Nick Benito, I still do think that Nick Benito would be more of an asset than J.G. Peugeot. Nick Benito got X amount of dollars. That's what I'm saying. If we're, if we're on the same team, running a team, I'd be throwing papers in the air. God damn it. And then we'd end up with fucking Nick Benino. And then I'd say, I told you so, and we would both lose our jobs. I never even got to talk about the Senators. <laughs> if you haven't noticed, we've been talking about the Senators for like seven minutes now, and I didn't even actually get to talk about them. Their top prospect, a combination right wing and center. If you haven't noticed, I'm big on these combinations. Uh, I, I think that that is also somewhere that the NHL is going to move towards people that can move around and aren't just consolidated into one slot, one area. Six foot one, 190 pounds, Colin White. He was drafted 21st overall in 2015. In college, he was over a point a game, which is something that I really want to see out of my college players. Um, would I like to see closer to two points a game? Obviously, but he was right around 1.5. I can dig it. He has top center capability. At the very least, I think he could... I'd like to see him get uh, get some time this year, maybe at the end of the year, maybe even at the beginning of the year to get these nine games in, see what he can do. If things go well, let's give him some more time. Sleepers. Did anybody say JGP? Uh, 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 I'm going to go with my sleeper is... John... Gabriel Pajot. Okay, that's what I was going to say. Sean Gabriel Pajot. Last year, played all 82 games. Only at 12 goals. 
I think that can get a lot better. Now, he's playing on that third line. I would love to see him up on that second line, but I think they kind of want to stretch out their their offensive talent. Um, he really came into his own in the playoff last year. I think this year he could do really well. He also had 21 assists, so he rounded out at 33 points, had a 7.1% shooting percentage, and you know what? I want to start out my team with this kid. Do you? Oh, it would be all right. I think I'd have a decent team. He ain't going to score four goals a game. I'm also going to go with his line mate, Alexander Burroughs, who Ottawa picked up from uh, from Vancouver. He played 20 games for him, six goals, five assists. Not bad. Those are Duncan Keith numbers. just (laughs) (laughs) Just over half a point a game. I can dig it. 29 shots in those 20 games. I want to see him shoot a little more. But listen to this. 20.7% shooting percentage. Jesus. What the shit? That's why this guy needs to shoot a little bit more. Yeah. Or else uh, next year maybe it won't happen. Um, but I'm still going to have him as my sleeper. In fact, pretty much that whole third line, solid sleepers. Solid. Very solid. So maybe the Senators... Are coming into this top nine. Who, so, all right. Who fucking knows. How about how uh, how the fuck about Thomas Shabbat? I don't like Thomas Shabbat as much as you do. Oh, Go God. ahead. You want to talk about it? Go yeah, ahead and talk. I, w- about I would. It. Thomas Shabbat's going to round out the third pairing of Ottawa's unstoppable Eric Carlson defense. So Shabbat's going to be working his way up the defensive pairing chart, but is still. We were talking about Charlie McAvoy coming up and being like. Kind of a sleeper. I think the same thing about Thomas Shabbat. He's going to be sneaky. He's not going to be your next Zach Varensky or first round or first year surprise, surprise defenseman. Um, if you're running a dynasty league, if you're running like just a carryover league, Shabbat's going to be one of the ones you want to look at. I can't say enough good stuff about this guy. I mean, I guess I can because I'm done talking about him, but hey, I like him. You said so little and so much all at the same time. That was great. That's my thing. I just talk in circles till everybody's dizzy. Feeling dizzy already. Okay, so we can both talk about this one. It won't be, well, in fact, every time I talk, we're both talking. Let's both talk about the Flyers. Hey. hey. We sounded excited, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, right? Okay, so my favorite prospect. May not be your favorite prospect, but I'm going to go with German Rupsov. Center. I know we have a ton of centers. I get it. Hopefully we can move him around. He's a two-way forward, but he's really smart. We saw him play. He had great passing skills. He had great hands. He made smart decisions. Every time when we went to the prospect camp, every time he was on the ice, he was controlling the ice. Yeah. I, I was a big fan of his when I saw him. Every time I see him play, it just always looks like he knows what he's doing so much. Ruby. I want to see him come up, play with the big league, and see what he can do. Okay, as far as sleepers go, um, I think there's two really main sleepers that really stand out to me. A guy that TJ knows I was huge on before the season even started last year. When development camp happened last year, he was tearing it up. 
I said to TJ at the beginning of the season last year, I said, I want to see this guy get his nine games. Him and Provorov both got their nine games. While we were watching these games, I said, he's got to make the team. He, he's going to make the team just because of how he was playing. And that's Travis Konechny. Man, I love this kid. I do. He holds on to the puck a little bit more than I would like. But in 70 games played, he had 11 goals, 17 assists. I really feel like he could move up on that goal number. Especially playing on that first line, which is pretty much where they have decided that he's going to stay. They have but a, I want to see him get more power play time. Yeah. The, Even, Flyer, the Flyers do a lot, and that's one thing about the Flyers. They get a lot of power play points. The problem with the Flyers is the first power play unit plays like a minute and... if 35 seconds. Yeah. And so, then the second power play unit plays another 25 seconds. Yeah. So, and then you're fucking done. So what's the point of ha- having somebody on the second power play unit if... They need to play a minute each. Yeah. And I want Travis Connecting to get more time. So you got to think about it. Honestly, like, all of Travis Connecting's most of his points were scored on 5-on-5. Five five. Which is something we need help with. Yeah. I, I want to see this kid get more time. I really do. He is a solid fucking sleeper. Quote me on it. Okay. Next, we're going to deal with a guy who... I know you were high on Jordan Wheel. He played 23 games for us last year. Eight goals, four assists. Now, those numbers could definitely be higher, but he is right around half a point a game. Uh, Jordan Wheel was a AHL fucking superstar. Yeah. Finally, he got a chance last year. For some reason, he didn't get his chance all year. I want to see him get a chance all year this year. He's gonna. He got that contract like. We're committed. Exactly. Okay, so this is my thought. We've been talking about a top nine. I think the Flyers have a solid top nine. We're getting there. Comparable, if not better, than half the league. At least. We're getting there. Now, I know a lot of people, I I think a lot of people in Philadelphia are just, uh, I don't know if they're just haters or or what, or if uh, we're all just pessimistic assholes around here. We kind of are. But a lot of people don't think that the Flyers are going to make the playoffs this year. Flyers are making the playoffs this year. Yeah, and side note, I don't mind getting sidetracked about the Flyers here. Um, Pittsburgh made a lot of moves to make themselves worse this year, which is fine by me. And the Capitals surely didn't fucking stall one bit about making themselves worse this year. So if the Flyers can make the wild card, that means they're going to be going up against the number one, number two team in the playoffs. We might be able to make the second round. Because we're not going to be playing the powerhouse that is the Pittsburgh Penguins. We're not going to be playing the former powerhouse that was the Capitals. Chances are we're going to be playing the likes of Columbus, which we might be able to beat. I mean, given the right setting or something, we might be able to make it to the second round. I don't see us making it past the second round in the perfect scenario, but best case scenario, Flyers make it to the second round. And out. You were just talking about how Pittsburgh Penguins made themselves worse. Yes. They still have some good young talent. I mean, they lost Benino. They lost Kunitz. They lost but Trevor Daly. But they have Jake Gensel. <sighs> Jake Gensel, top prospect, forward, 5'11", 180 pounds, and he plays for Crosby. Yeah. So there's that your, makes him good. There's your, there, there it is. The kid's an elite scorer. One thing that I will say about Crosby is... I couldn't stand him before, and not that I like him now, 
at least he plays like a real hockey player. Now, he doesn't bitch and moan all the time. As much as he used to. As much as he used to, maybe. I'll give him that. But you know what he does? That guy passes the puck. He is one of the best passers in the fucking league. He's got I'll give vision. it to him. I'll give it to him. He passes the puck. He gets more assists than anything. But the thing is, he knows who he's playing with. They put him with these young scorers, and he puts the puck on their stick. He makes fucking superstars out of these guys. Exactly. So, Jake Gensel is going to really bump up this year. If he's stapled to Crosby all year, like... He's draftable. Dude, yeah. He's draftable. Absolutely. But the thing is, if you have Crosby, you want to draft. You want to draft this guy. You want to draft the guy who's playing with him. Double up on points. Why exactly. You? I have another two sleepers here. Connor Sheary, another <laughs> one of those guys. Yeah, he's the other wing. He's the other wing. He's gonna get those points because he has Sidney Crosby passing the puck, giving it to him on a silver platter. Giving it to him from both ends. <laughs> in 61 games played 61 games okay he's think the, about this the red 60, rocket for sure 61 games 23 goals 30 assists in 61 fucking games 53 and 61 that's it's nuts yeah. if he continues that he is going to be a solid sleeper and a lot of people in the league don't really know about Connor Sherry because he looks like your little brother Man, whatever. So Brian Rust, um, he's really good. Um, he does really good in the playoffs. Okay, so in all seriousness, Brian Rust does great in the fucking playoffs. I know that's not going to help you in fantasy. Fantasy, he kills it in the playoffs. Fifty-seven games played during the year. I want to see his goal, uh, his games, go up during the regular season. He had thirteen goals, thirteen assists. Really split it down the middle. Giggity. So I could easily see him being a 40-point player, if not more. It depends what role he gets put into, especially with a player with the likes of Nick Benino not being on the team anymore. Who knows who Brian Rust is going to be playing with. So he could play with down, a player man. like, you know, Phil Kessel or something and, and like really do a lot better and get a lot more points. And Everybody's going to get a chance to play with Phil Kessel. Because <laughs> <laughs> he takes so long getting off the ice, dragging his fat ass off the ice. Okay, so Brian Rust is definitely your next sleeper. He had 110 shots last year. You put another 30 games on top of that. Well, he only played 57, so I guess you couldn't physically do 20, that. 25. Yeah, you put another 25. Math. <laughs> you put a math amount of number. <laughs> you put a math amount of games on top of that. I want to see him get close to 200 shots next year. He gets 200 shots next year. Sticking around 12% shooting percentage, he's going to obviously really bolster those numbers. I'm close to 25 goals. Pittsburgh Penguins next year, maybe they don't have a great defense. Maybe they're not the best team in the league. Are they going to win another championship? Well, fucking who knows, but probably. Who cares? We're playing fantasy hockey. (laughs) Who cares? But all of this young offensive talent is really going to help you in in fantasy hockey. And if you don't take some of these guys, at least have them on your watch list, or try to trade for them. They're all going to be draftable, maybe outside of Brian Rust. I Connor Sheary will be I don't see Brian Rust being draftable. Yeah, we can agree on that. Gensel and Sheary, yes, they are draftable. Yep. Draft them in, I would say, 
the 12 to, to 15 I range. Can see, I can see Gensel going before round 10. and Depends on what kind of league you're in and who you have on your team. Like I said earlier, if you have a player like Sidney Crosby on your team, even if you, you don't... want to have one of these players on your team double up on points. Okay, so perfect example. Um, in, in a position like mine, you have Sidney Crosby as your keeper. In my position, if if I wanted to play defense in a little bit of way, I would pick up I would pick up Gensel. I see Gensel going top ten rounds. He's going to go in the top one hundred. Gensel was a goddamn powerhouse in the playoffs. Gensel so. almost. A lot of people thought that Gensel should have been. The Conn Smythe, right? The Conn Smythe. He was fucking outstanding. He had like four game-winning fucking goals. The last thing in everybody's mind is Gensel, you know? Just lighting it up in the playoffs, so... I think Gensel will go really high. Shiro will go a little bit less. But I see Gensel going in the top 100, closer to the bottom quarter of the 100. So like 75 to 100 range. And then Shiri going 100 to 125. But both of these guys are going to get drafted. Brian Rust is going to get dropped in your into your waiver wire unless you're playing in 16, 18, 20-team leagues. Penguins are unstoppable. So finally moving on from Pittsburgh, thank God, we are moving to St. Louis and the Blues. They picked up Zach Sanford in the Shattenkirk deal, and he's 22 years old. He's a left wing slash center. Um, left-handed shot, six foot four, 192 pounds. Another BFG. He got five points in 13 games played with St. Louis. Not bad. He was he was effective in St. Louis, to say the least. Um, next year, I'm very interested to see what he can do in a full 82 game season. He might be a little bit of a sleeper, but for my sleepers, I got Vladimir Sobotka and Ivan Barbashev. I'll talk about Ivan Barbashev right now. 21 years old, six foot, left-handed shot, left wing slash center. Another one, just like Sanford. Um, 12 points in 30 games played, no big deal. Uh, but he had 37 points in 46 games played with the Chicago Wolves. Uh, he might make and stay with the squad. Um, but as far as their best up-and-coming prospects go, I like Jordan Kiru. Uh, 66 games played, he had 94 points. That's uh, 1.3 points per game. Uh, 19 years old, 6 foot, 176 pounds. He's a skinny motherfucker. But he's highly mobile. He's a right-handed shot, center slash right wing. He's calm. He's strong. He's a strong skater, creative playmaker. Um, definitely looks good for St. Louis. Okay, now we're moving on to the Shacks. Yeah, now we're moving on to the kind of bleakest team as far as prospect rankings go. Um, even worse than Montreal. Wow. Even worse than Montreal. There's not really much in the pipeline. The ones who are in the pipeline are like Tomas Hurdle, Timo Meyer, who's already been up there, Mikel Boddicker. These guys, like, all their prospects are already playing. So, my sleeper is Boddicker. He could play on Logan Couture's line, possibly the first line power play, but I really don't see him slotting into there. Now that Marlowe's gone, that, that Marlowe spot up on the first power play is kind of uh, up for grabs, but I see the likes of. Tomas Hurdle filling that space. Uh, Timo Meyer is more of a physical, offensively aware sniper. Uh, he's a two-way player that could break the top six. They don't really got they don't got the top nine that we like to see. But as far as fantasy options, you got Burns, uh, Thornton, Pavelski. Hurdle's your next best option. Um, Mark Edward Vlasic could be pretty good, and Mikel Bodker. 
could be a nice little sleeper. There's not much going on for them. So that's, unfortunately, all I got. I just blew through two teams in, what, a minute and a half? All right, so let's move on to a uh, decent team then. Tampa A. <clears throat> that actually has some prospects and has some <clears throat> sleepers. Let's go start out with prospect. I'm going to go right winger Taylor Rash. 6-1-203. I like to see that good size. He's an all-around power forward. When he makes it to the NHL, being a two-way power forward where you are getting points for block shots and, and all that sort of extra stuff in hockey that maybe you're not getting in a league like we have where it's mainly goals, assists, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Pims, he's going he's gonna to be helping you out in, in that number. So Taylor Radish is a good guy to look for in the next year or two. He should possibly get some time this year, and we'll see how he does. As far as their sleepers go, I will go with the main sleeper, then I'll go with a guy who's really sleepy. Brain Point, a guy who I was big on last year, TJ was big on last year, played 68 games, 18 assists, 22 games. That might not strike you as a sleeper per se, I feel like a lot of people don't really know about the guy. He was picked up, dropped, picked up, dropped in a lot of leagues last year. He's going to be held this year. His ownership. He's going to be held. Yeah, Jonathan Druin is now in Montreal. That top six is wide open and Braden points your guy. Yeah, his ownership was not super high last year. This year it's going to be a different story. Um, whoever picks him up is probably going to be holding on to him. If that's you, then good job. Uh, so late round, late round draft pick, like the semi sleeper. The guy who I said is super sleepy, Yanni Gordon. <laughs> Snoozing. Um, he only played twenty games last year. Didn't get to play a whole lot. Gravy. Put up six goals, two assists. Splash. He only had thirty shots on goal, with a twenty percent shooting percentage. Oh, that's now, scary. Now that's got to change. Yeah. He needs a little more time on ice, but I'm telling you, the kid's got talent. Um, if he's around all year with, uh, with the departure of Jonathan Druin and, and he gets to, to really base out like a third line in Tampa Bay, damn, they're going to be good. If they don't make the playoffs next year, I'm going to be really surprised. That East division, man, is, is tough. Yeah. The Islanders are getting better. Carolina's getting better. Everybody has made moves to better themselves. So we're done with Tampa. The Toronto Maple Leafs. Boom, boom. Believe it, people. Yeah. They Believe still it. they still have prospects. Believe it. Two of their, their best prospects, in my mind, right winger, Kasperi Kapanen, 6'1", 181. He was drafted 22nd overall by Pittsburgh in 2014 and came over to the Maple Leafs. Played nine games in the NHL, and that's it. His scoring really needs to improve. He needs to get that shot down. Maybe that's one of the reasons why when Toronto moved up all their young guys, he wasn't one of the young guys that moved up. He has serious potential. He has top six potential and could really possibly help out like a young team like the Toronto Maple Leafs. If they want to stay really young and really, and really grow together, then moving these extra young guys up is really going to help. As far as the sleepers go... My favorite sleeper is Zach Hyman. Could be a staple on that first line. I picked him up a bunch of times. I, I held him for a solid week. Named my team after him 
for a week. <laughs> you know what I mean? We were pop, we were popping Hyman's all week. That's right. All right. So Zach Hyman, he played all 82 games, which means he's going to be out there playing for you. He scored 10 goals, 18, 18 assists, and then the week that I held him, I think he literally scored like four of those goals and four of those assists the week that I had him. He, uh, if he's going to be playing with the whole thing is he got a couple shorthanders he, too, didn't he? Yeah. he? plays on the penalty kill. Yeah, he plays on he plays on penalty kill. He plays on the power play too. If he's going to be playing with Austin Matthews, that is your X factor. What better reason to have him? Who are you playing with? If he's playing with Austin Matthews all year long, he is worth having on your team. If you don't hold him all year long, he's at least worth a stream. Keep an eye on your line combinations. Daily faceoff is great for that. Yeah. That's really that's really what I go to. Those guys are fantastic with their line combinations. They really let me know what's going on. Absolutely hilarious podcast too, by the yeah. way. Yeah. So who are you playing with? That is the question I have for you. Next sleeper, Josh Lievo. If he's going to be playing regularly for the big league, he only played 13 games last year, had two goals, eight assists. Now, those are damn good numbers for 13 for thirteen games. How many points in 13 games? Ten. Ten points. Wow. 13 games. Okay. I want to see him get more time up top. Yeah, that's 75%. If he, if he does, goddamn. He's that's 60-point base. Now, now do you really think he's going to score 60 points? Mm. No, I don't. No, I don't. It's a bit of puck luck there. I don't know. There's something about this young team. They pass the puck. They play hockey the right way. Now, when you do that, good things happen. When you play hockey correctly, good things happen. When you put people in front of the net, when you do the right pass, good things happen. And I say we move on. We're going to go to, well, this is, this is another really quick team for you. Vancouver, right? The Vancouver Canucks. Well, I might have a little bit to say about them. Um, you can Canuck off. So I will leave a bit of suspense here and save the best for last. Um, so I will start off with Nikolai Godobin. Uh, he's a 21-year-old winger. He's a left-handed shot. Six foot, 185 pounds, no big deal. In 12 games, he had three goals. Next year, Vancouver's kind of hurting for offense. They've, they're kind of hurting for defense. They're kind of hurting for everything. This is somebody who, in a desperate team, might be able to crack the top nine, make kind of an impact, and could be a solid streamer, especially if Vancouver's playing a really favorable week. Keep up with your with your weekly matchups. Um, see who Vancouver's playing. Nikolai Godobin could be somebody who could really make or break you. Maybe he puts in four points in a week. He's not going to be a hold. He's not going to be... He's not draftable. He's somebody worth mentioning. He's a solid prospect. Somebody who will not be with Vancouver next year, but will be soon, is Elias Pettersson. Um, I've seen some highlights of this guy. He's got fucking crazy hands. Like, his dangling skills are out of out of the pocket. He's 18 years old. He's Never like, heard that phrase. Out of the pocket? All right. Out of the <laughs> Elias Pettersson. He's 18 years old. He's a left-handed shot. He's got center and left-wing eligibility. Uh, six foot two, 165 pounds. So this dude is stick thin. Um, turn him sideways, he looks like a zipper. Speedy two-way forward with crazy hands. He's not going to be on Vancouver, but... Down the road, he will be. Now, for the firework finale that is Vancouver, Brock Besser. You saw him 
We saw him in nine games last year. He had five points, four of which were goals. This dude looks to be a greedy puck handler. He's a dynamic, natural goal scorer. That's fine. That's fine by me. They need it? They need it. Somebody's got to score goals on this fucking team. Uh, He's got great instincts and hockey IQ. Um, He's absolutely relentless. His passing is great. His individual puck possession stats, as far as Vancouver goes, unparalleled. He's going to be playing in Vancouver next year. He's one of my sleepers. Bo Horvat, I also want to say, is a sleeper, but the year he had last year doesn't make him a sleeper as much because he made his own name known last year. He didn't didn't do anything to say, oh, yeah, I'm doing this quietly. Again, big fish, small pond. Small pond being Vancouver, which is about the smallest pond you can fucking get in nowadays. He was a hold last year. Maybe not on my team, but... Besser or Horvat? Horvat. Horvat, yeah. Horvat was a well worth having. He's going to be draftable this year, especially in the second half of your drafts. Back to Brock Besser. He played for University of North Dakota. This is the second time I'm mentioning this college in the episode. He had 34 points in 32 games played, <laughs> 16 goals, 18 assists. My man is going to be good. He he seems well-suited for the NHL. He's, he's not going to be a bust, so keep him on your watch list. You might be able to snake him last, later on in your drafts, which I can't advise against. He, he'll be worth it. You might hold him for a little bit, but... So now we got the Capitals, which, in my opinion, is nothing but Jake Verona. Who else do they have? It's weird that you say Jake Verona. Yeah? Because... He's the one and only person that's on your list. I got Jake Verona as my top prospect. Another fucking Jake? He is a, he is a combination left wing, right wing. This is which, like the 7th hey, or 8th like... Jake that we've had. It's another Jake. Um, okay, so Jake Verona, 6 foot, 187 pounds. He was drafted 13th overall. When Burkowski got hurt, that's when he got pulled up. He made it talkable. Okay. Yeah. He's projected as a top 6 forward... And when he got called up, he made his time worth it and really made people talk about. So, obviously, we know that we want to keep Burkowski. He is a future cog of the Capitals. But what about these extra guys that they had kind of dangling on a leash? What do you want to do with them? Okay, so that gives me the confidence that I can get rid of a person like Justin Williams. I can let money go like I don't have to sign somebody like uh, Kevin Shattenkirk. I can spend my money in other ways because I'm a little more comfortable with what this person is worth. Jacob Verana is real. He is for real. He is also somebody that I would expect to be a sleeper for next year. Um, Another forward, not many people have heard of him. Another sleeper. This is going to be the first goalie sleeper that we have had. All show. And it'll be the only one. Philip Grubauer. If you're a hockey fan, you should know about Philip Grubauer. The reason I would say he's a sleeper is because, number one, the guy has great numbers. Last year was 13-6-2, 2.04 goal against average. That's fantastic. Oh, yeah. All right? That's going to win you a lot of games. If you're an owner of Holtby, then you want to handcuff someone like Philip yeah, Grubauer. You want to keep on top of who's playing who's not playing this game, so that you know who to start. You also want to think about uh, who who the Capitals are going to be playing Philip Grubauer against. It's going to be the weaker teams. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's got these numbers that impress you, even if he were a starter. So you got Grubauer going against the Red Wings and Canucks and like all the weaker teams. My man is going to and he's blow gone. them out of the water. And he's coming. The Capitals are still the Capitals, so they're still scoring those goals. 
they're scoring four goals and he's lighting up two, which means he's going to get you wins. Yeah. He's going to get you saves. Yeah. He's going to get all those things that you want from a goalie and a sleeper. Especially with how piss poor their defense is going to be now. Be aware of Philip Grubauer. They don't, they don't really have anybody that suppresses shots on that team outside of, like, John Carlson. So he's going to be a solid, even Holtby. Like, Holtby is by no means a sleeper and is one of the top three goalies mm-hmm. to go out of your league. But, like, in in a backup role, Philip Grubauer is probably number one. Maybe Carter Hutton coming up close with number two because Anthony Ranta is now a starter. And, like, you don't, you don't have much going on in the world of backups, but... And, yeah, Scott Darling is now a starter. So, like, your best two backups are now starters. Washington does not have the type of team to suppress shots. So, if you're going to have a backup goalie and you are getting points off of saves, Grubauer is your number one option. So, now we're going to move to Winnipeg. Um, And it is our last team in this episode. They are at the end of the alphabet. That is true. They're, Brian Little? Uh, Brian Little is, yes, um, a bit of a sleeper because he doesn't get the recognition he should. Agreed. And he's a goddamn solid fucking forward. He is going to slip just because he gets forgotten about. It's somebody you should fucking remember about this guy. Brian Little and uh, Blake Wheeler. These are two guys that kind of get overlooked. They're easily forgettable. For some reason, they're easily forgettable. But and, they put points up. And I don't know why. <clears throat> Blake Wheeler is going to be playing with Shifley and Line A. You're going to get those auxiliary points just from being on that line. And the same thing goes for Brian Little. Winnipeg has a solid fucking future ahead of them, but most of their prospects and why I'm so optimistic about this team, which is also why I kind of hate them, but they, in the next few years, if they can get a if they can get a goalie that isn't Steve fucking Mason, they they can win in the next five years. They can be a Stanley Cup contender. Their best prospect right now, in my opinion, is Kyle Connor. Uh, he's 20 years old. He's a pretty big guy. Six foot one, 183, 17th overall in 2015. He's got a baller wrist shot, is what I wrote down. So I guess I was feeling a little bit frisky when I was taking these notes. Baller wrist shot. Baller wrist shot. I wrote. Baller wrist Baller wrist <laughs> Fast as fuck, also, I wrote. So, yeah, I was excited about being on the last team and just kind of done with writing. He's creative and confident. 1.87 points per game. Keep that in mind. He played with University of Michigan, 71 points in 38 games played. Had 35 goals, 36 assists. So a very well-rounded guy. He played 20 games with Winnipeg, so the five points he scored in Winnipeg does not match his 1.87 points per game. In fact, it's a .25 points per game two goals three assists he might make the team like i was saying you got nikolai ehlers you got patrick line you got this you got enough young guys up there who were doing well after that i got jake ruslovich that's the best i can do to pronounce his name he's a 20 year old center six foot one 192 um he went 25th overall in 2015 he's more consistent than kyle connor but with less upside he had 48 points in 65 games um he played for the Manitoba Moose, had 13 goals, 35 assists. He'll probably stay in the AHL. So if you're playing in a dynasty league and you got two years to wait, he might be your guy. But other than that, don't worry about it. Winnipeg is kind of meh after that. Uh, Christian Veselainen, maybe, but he's kind of like way too streaky. Is not worth talking about. That's that's what we got in the world of hockey as far as prospects and uh, rookies and sleepers and etc. And Nick Benino and whatever else. <laughs> 
It's going down, though, folks. I mean, good luck with your drafts. Yeah. And it's coming up one month. So on a last note, I want to encourage everybody to go check out DL Hockey on Facebook. We're going to be recording um, a video going up for them. Check them out. Subscribe to us. Leave a review. Leave a... Some feedback on Instagram or Twitter. Tell us what you want to hear. Tell, Tell us what you want to know. Yeah. We're on Instagram at FHF Hockey. We're also on Twitter at FHF Hockey. We have a Facebook. We'll get on it. Yeah. It'll 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 be up and coming. Twitter and Instagram is where you can reach us um, most confidently. So rate, subscribe. Be sure to get back to us and be sure to be back with us next week. And we'll see you we'll see you next week. I'm thinking we're gonna be talking about the best goalies. I would like to talk about next week. I know if you're playing in a categories league, um, sometimes there's nine total categories and your goalie accounts for four of them. So picking a goalie is very important. And I would think we would probably talk about your top left wings, your top right wings, your top centers, your top defense for the leagues that really kind of space things out and it's not just forwards as opposed to defense where it's you have to have this many left wings, you have to have this many centers and so on and so forth. So, I mean, I think we could dive a little bit into that as well. So, from us here at Five Hole Fantasy Hockey, I hope you enjoy your week. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Love you guys. Bye. Later.